plans were for mankind. It, uh, it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that um, God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the birds of the sky, over the fish of the sea, over all the cattle, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then in verse 8, or verse 28, it says, uh, And God created them, both male and female, he created them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we can see that God's original intention was not that he would establish a religion with man, with Adam and Eve in the garden, but that he would have them rule in the earth. Understand, Adam's purpose was not a purpose to just come here and do, do good until the day that he could get raised up to heaven. His purpose was in the earth for the earth. That's why he was here. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child will be born and a son will be given. Isaiah 9, 6. And it says, And the government will rest upon his shoulders. So we know that this thing that we've gotten ourselves into is a kingdom. It is a government that God desired to um, establish his kingdom in the earth, his rule and his government here on the planet, and use us to extend heaven down to earth. Amen? Um, a couple more scriptures that, that, are, that are laying this foundation. Psalms chapter um, 115, verse 16, that we just saw. It says that the heavens are the uh, heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. Another translation says the highest heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to man. So we can see here in, the, in just these few scriptures that God's intention was not that Adam would live in the garden and then hope to get to heaven someday. It was that he gave Adam a purpose in the earth, for the earth, and that he would fulfill that plan that he had from the beginning of time. Now we know that further on down in Genesis chapter 3 that man fell and that uh, the, the enemy came in and, and, and lied to him. And whenever he submitted and disobeyed, he submitted to the enemy and disobeyed the word of the king. We know that, um, that he gave the kingdom and rule of the earth over to Satan. Now whenever um, God found out about this and came and was asking Adam in the garden, where are you? And I'm going to talk real fast and lay this foundation because we're going <laughs> to jump into this in a minute. But... Um, Whenever uh, God found out about this, he set in motion a plan to redeem mankind back to his kingdom. Whenever uh, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, it's not that Jesus finished that work and it's done and now we all have access into heaven. He did all this so that we could live our purpose in this earth. So that we could accomplish a goal, accomplish uh, something that God had ordained from the beginning of time in this planet and cause his kingdom and heaven to come to earth. That's why uh, Jesus said when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I think we can clearly understand that the kingdom is about reigning on the earth, not about getting to heaven. So as we, as we go through this tonight, I want us to first turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 19. We're going to look at uh, verse 21. Because understand, when God has a plan and God has something in mind, when he speaks it forth, or he destined something to happen, it happens every time. Psalms chapter uh, 19, verse 21. says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Another translation says, The counsel of the Lord will endure forever. So understand, when God has a plan, it never fails. Okay, we're going to look at the Psalms chapter 31. We've got a lot of scripture to go over tonight, but praise God, that's what changes our lives. Amen? Psalms chapter 
Verse 11 says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, and the plans of his heart endure from generation to generation. Understand, whenever God has a plan, nothing can stop that plan. If we look at examples in the Bible, we look at Moses, how whenever uh, God had a plan for the children of Israel and appointed Moses to accomplish this plan, he went before Pharaoh and the government. Pharaoh represented the government. The government tried to stop this plan. But we all know the government couldn't stop God's plan in that situation. Amen? If we look at, uh, if we look at Joseph's life, we know. Uh, I'll give a quick recap of Joseph's life um, that you can find. Uh, Joseph obviously had a plan. God had a plan for Joseph's life. Joseph had a uh, had a, a dream, and uh, God revealed some things in his future that would come to pass. And as he uh, told his family about this, his family hated his guts. And his family said, uh, you know, maybe they weren't consciously trying to stop his dream, but his family tried to hinder his purpose and caused what the Lord has spoken over him to not come to pass. So not only did Joseph's family try to do this, but even when Joseph got thrown into the pit and sold to sold into slavery and became a slave in a man's house. Um, the man's wife tried to sleep with him, and uh, he, Joseph wouldn't let it happen, and his character stayed intact, but they, they sent him away and sent him into prison. So even his job tried to stop his purpose. Even his employer tried to come against and stop what, what God was wanting to do in his life. Uh, then we can see that in prison he made a friend, and uh, this friend said, hey, I'm going to talk to Pharaoh about you, and we're going to get out of here. And then two years later, his friend remembers. So it's almost like Joseph could have said, well, you know, that guy wasn't even my friend. What all, it's like everything in the world tried to come against him to stop what God had said. But understand, God's plans never fail. Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42, verse 2. Job's saying this after God's had a conversation with him. Understand, Job said a lot of things before God talked to him. Um, but now that God has kind of set him straight and he's got clarity in mind here, at Job chapter 42, verse 2, Job says, uh, talking to God, he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. So we can see clearly in the word that whenever God sets something in motion, no matter what the enemy tries to bring against it, it will come to pass. I'm telling you, we want to get connected with what God's doing. We don't want to just try to attach ourselves to anything that man's doing because understand that the, many of the plans of man's heart. All of mankind is making plans and has, has goals and dreams and tries to make, be successful in themselves. But God's plans are the ones that are going to come to pass and that will never fail. Understand God's plans are a solid foundation to build your life on. Um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25. Like I said, we've got a lot of scripture to go over, but this... Uh, we don't come in here just saying a bunch of uh, funny stuff and telling jokes and reading emails. We're going to speak the word that's going to change people's lives. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25. Let me get there. It says, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word that is preached to you. Uh, another scripture reference that confirms this is Mark chapter 13, verse 31. This is Jesus speaking. Now, uh, understand in your Bible, is this red letters? Okay, Jesus is speaking. He said, my word will never pass away. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Another translation says, my word will remain forever. So whenever God has a plan, I know that we're being repetitive, but we've got to get this before we can move on to this, this next thought process. When God has a plan, that plan won't fail. 
when God has a, 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 a desire or a dream to accomplish something, remember it said in Psalm 33, uh, 11, that the plans of his heart will endure from generation to generation. Um, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. This is God speaking, and he says, So my word, um, so will my word which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God's word will not return to him void. Uh, I'm going to read to you in the Amplified Translation, uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. It says, So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So whenever God speaks something out, whenever God has a, a goal in mind, understand whenever God wanted to colonize the earth with heaven and establish his kingdom in, in, in the earth, Satan himself tried to stop this. But we know that God had plans for a man to come by the name of Jesus and restore this back. So even that plan couldn't be thwarted. So as we say this tonight... Why your purpose does not matter, because God's purpose is the only thing that matters in our lives. So you understand, a lot of people all the time try to say, oh, I want to know my purpose. What's my purpose? What's my purpose? And they, they have noble desires, but with the truth of the matter is, you should be asking, I want to know his purpose for me. Because we can come up with all kind of plans. We can come up with all kind of dreams and all kind of schemes, and, and, and I'm one person that I, I did it in my, in my teenage years from the time of 14, 15, 16, 17. I, I struggled so much trying to think, what is it God has for me? What is it he's got for my life? Do I have a purpose? I felt like I didn't have a purpose, and I was depressed, and you know, my, my parents were going, what's wrong with this kid? And I was walking around trying to think, what is it that I was born to do? You understand, all mankind is looking for this. All mankind is looking for uh, significance in the earth. They're looking for something that says, I have a reason for being here. And the problem is they're trying to fill this void that they can't become fulfilled in, in, in alcohol or in relationships or in making money. or All these things they try to, to, to find fulfillment in, they can't, and they're just spinning like on a hamster wheel. But understand, God has a plan for our lives. So let's look at the Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, uh, I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation again, Jeremiah 1, 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated you and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Obviously, here he's talking to Jeremiah, but God is saying, before you were in your mother's womb, I had a destiny for you. I had a plan in mind, and I formed you there. That's what we can find in uh, Psalms chapter uh, 139, verse 14. Let's turn there together. Psalms 139.14 says, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Go to the next verse, uh, Psalm 139.15. It says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. So understand, God having a purpose and a plan for you went way before your lifetime. See, God didn't say, he didn't look at Jimmy and say, oh no, Jimmy's been born. Let's find something for him to do in the planet. He didn't look at Brent and say, oh, okay, Brent just showed up. Man, this was, I didn't plan for this. We're going to have to find, give him something to do and give him some kind of busy work. 
God didn't do that. No, understand the way God works is that God had a destiny. He had a plan in mind first. He had a purpose in mind first and said, I'm going to have to make somebody with my own hands. I'm going to have to plan this person's life out. I'm going to have to put gifts and talents and abilities within Brent. And, and, and this is so that he can accomplish this purpose in life. It's specific. We don't, we don't serve a God that's just a general God that's just into general things. God's into specifics. So understand, when we're thinking about our purpose in Him, His purpose for us, it's about us accomplishing His will because He has a specific will for our lives. Uh, uh, when I was younger, I, tried to, I, I had this mindset that I think a lot of people have a lot of times is that I'm going to come up with this plan for my life and then get God to sign off in approval of it. God, here's what I want to do. And I even made a list. Here's what all I would like to accomplish in my life. And then I, I, I prayed about it in, in time and prayer, and people would ask me, you know, how are you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm just praying about my purpose. But really I was praying about my purpose and trying to get God to agree with me that this is a good thing for me to do. But once I gained the understanding, God, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He wrought me in the depths of the earth. He created me. He handcrafted me for a specific reason. Each and every one of us has this destiny. God's no respecter of persons. So that means every person in this room tonight, every person that will hear this, God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. In fact, he knew you at the beginning. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14 of that same chapter it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So God has been from the beginning. That's why it says he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning, he's the end. He's the author, he's the finisher. So that means that God saw the beginning and he saw the end. And the, the fact that you're alive today and breathing is, is testimony to the true fact that you have a reason for being here. That there's a specific reason that you were born in the earth at this time. Amen. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 5. This is where he's talking about being the vine dresser. We have to understand it's not about us just accomplishing good things in the earth. It's not about us just accomplishing whatever we want to do in the earth. It's about us doing His purpose for us. And this is why. This, see, understand all these scriptures that, that I've read before talking about how God's plans never fail. God's plans uh, endure for, from generation to generation. God's plans are the ones that will never pass away. So doesn't it just make sense to us that we would want to do God's plans? That our plans really don't matter and they're really insignificant. Understand, you can't dream as big as God can dream. You, you can't plan out your life to be as epic as God wants your life to be if you'll just follow Him. I love that word epic. You understand, <laughs> built within our lives, whenever you watch, how many of you in here have watched an epic movie before? That just had, you know, battle scenes, just had this guy and it has a destiny in it and he's, he, only he can fulfill it. And if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, then the whole world crumbles. And, and we watch these movies and we just, we think, man, this is me. I, you know, you can put yourself in it. There's a reason that, that we can identify with these things. These stories of adventure and these stories, it's because deep within inside of us, we know our destiny is that big. There's something inside of us saying, I mean, the enemy wants to make you think like your life's not as that significant. That you can watch this and, and think, man, if only I could have that kind of life. If only, if only people's lives depended on me doing something. It does. God has these big plans for us. In Jeremiah 29, uh, 11, God says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. That means God has plans for you. The plans that I have for you. So when God has a plan, that plan will never fade away. That plan lasts forever. That plan will come to pass, period. So... If he has a plan for us, wouldn't you want to follow his plan? I mean, I want to do what God wants me to do. 
It says plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The New American Standard says plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you future and a hope. Understand, God's got big things in store for us, but we have to, we've got to spend time with Him and with the Holy Ghost to find out what it is. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. That means your own intellect, your own reasoning. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So understand, this purpose that He has for us is not something that we can just get all, all our understanding for it right now. We can have all the, you know, we, we know everything in store for us. Understand there's going to be a level that God is going to reveal to you as you go. We have to trust in Him and not try to figure everything out in our minds, but just trust in Him that He's got the plan and that as we live according to His will, we apply the Word and we do, we do what we know day in and day out. He'll continue to reveal more to us. You know, understand that the whole world is, is, is longing for this. They're wanting significance. They're wanting purpose in this planet. And that's what God has in store for every one of us. And I don't care how old you are. I mean, Pastor Earl says this all the time, you're not an accident. Whether your parents said you were or not, God knows you're here. It didn't take God by surprise. Like I said before, God creates a destiny first, then creates you to fulfill it. Uh, a good friend of mine, Chase Glisson, it's Pastor Earl's son, um, he was talking to me the other day and he said this quote that was great, it stuck with me. I didn't even have to write it down. He said, the story of your life has already been written. The question is, will you fulfill it? The question is, will you live it? I mean, God that knows, remember, he's the author and the finisher. He's seen the end. He's, he's drawn out the whole path of your life. And it's full of good plans, not bad plans. Plans to make you prosperous. Plans to give you every bit of... I mean, you, you're created the way you were. That when you do God's will, you feel fulfilled. You have peace. You have joy. Everything that God put in you was to accomplish His purpose. Amen. Um, let's go to Proverbs chapter 16. God has a plan. And it's only when we accomplish that plan that He has for us that we find fulfillment in life. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Now, we, we can't interpret this, this like I did when I was young and thinking, My plans, I've got plans, and I'm going to commit them to God and say, God, these are your plans now and they'll be established. No, he's saying, commit and submit to the Lord. We know that word Lord means owner. Commit your life and submit to the one who owns you and created you and had a destiny for you, and then all the plans that he has for you will be established. So when it says your plans, we can't just read this in a selfish sense or in an American sense that I can choose my own destiny, I can choose my own adventure. We have to keep in mind, it's not about our purpose. It's his purpose for us. That's the plan that will last forever. That's the plan that can't be stopped. Understand, Joseph had that revelation that I've had this dream, God's spoken to me, this is going to happen. And everything in the whole world came against him. Like I already said before, his, his own family came against him to try to stop the purpose. His employer tried to stop the purpose. The, the people that he knew and developed relationships even tried to stop his purpose. But nothing could stand in the way of God accomplishing his plan in the earth through Joseph. We're no different. 
that when God laid out a plan for our lives, as we stay our course and we stay on the right path and, and continue to, to learn from the Holy Ghost day by day what the, what the next step is, God's purpose will come to pass. No matter what comes against us. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 11. Ephesians 1.11 says this, Also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, His purpose, uh, who works all things after the counsel of His will. We've been predestined. That means before you were born, but long ago there was a destiny. Pre means before. Your destiny was before you. We've been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. His purpose for us. Um, one of the last scriptures we'll look at, and then I'll continue to uh, reveal some more things by the Holy Ghost, but Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and those that are called according to His purpose. Amen. We know that God causes everything to work together and benefit you when you're doing His will. God's purpose for your life goes far beyond you even. I know that there's a, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and for his children's children. And a lot of times people try to take this scripture and, and say, well, that means I've got to save up a ton of money and then leave a whole bunch, a big old wad of cash to my children. But if we look at in, the, in the Bible, what that is, yes, that's a good thing, sure. But if we look in the Bible at an example, do you believe David was a good man, King David? Do you believe that he left an inheritance for his children? What was that inheritance? We can find that in Second uh, Kings. God had a plan for David's life. Yes, David um, might have made a mistake, but you understand David's heart was so right that God, God said, he's a man after my own heart. He's a man that wanted to accomplish what God wanted in the earth. Sorry, First Kings. Chapter 2. This is David's uh, laying on his deathbed here, and it says his time, uh, starting in verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, As David's time drew near, he charged Solomon his son, saying, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Now from here he lays out, he gives his basically gives the inheritance to Solomon. If Solomon is to, is to receive anything from David, as his last dying words, he didn't say, make sure that you do right with the bank account. He didn't say, make sure that you do good things in the earth and, and you, you, you are a good person. No, what David left him with was, he said, keep charge of the Lord your God and walk in his ways to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies according to what is written in the law of Moses that you may succeed in all you do wherever you turn. We can see that David, a good man, the inheritance that he left for his children was to, to point towards, you need to accomplish what God wants. Do what God says. I know there's a, there's a, lot, of, um, a lot of well-meaning parents that say this to their children, and my parents even said it to me. And they, they'd say, you know, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. 
And the kids would say, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be... And, and they, though they mean well, understand kingdom parents don't have the right to say that to their kids. They don't have the right to say, you can be anything you want to be. No, to raise your child the way God wants you to raise them, they can only be what God wants them to be. That's it. There's no other options. There's no plan B. There's no just in case God's plan, too many people come against it and try to stop it, you can do something else. That's not the case. God's plan is the one that will, that will endure forever. It's God's word that we have to stick to. I know your pastor's been ministering on the, the uh, Holy Spirit. And if any of you all in here tonight, I, you know, I don't know all of you, but if you've ever had the question, what's my purpose? What's God's plan for me? What is it that God wants me to do? Understand, I've pointed you to the, we all have a great understanding now of knowing we want to do what God's plan is and not just our own will. We want to accomplish what God wants because that's the, that's the greatest plan. But uh, if you had the question, I, I want to do God's purpose for my life, but I don't know what it is. Understand, that's what the Holy Ghost is for. Because although the, um, you know, your pastors are here to equip you for that plan, as it says in the, uh, what the fivefold ministry gifts are for is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That means that your pastor, Pastor Mark, is here to help equip you for the destiny that God's called you to. And wouldn't it be just a cheap trick of the devil to try to get you to disconnect or lay out of service or not come to church and to come to your equipping time? Because God has a plan. Can we agree that it's God's plan? It's not ours, it's God's. So if God has a plan, understand, he also had a plan to equip you to accomplish that plan. That's what your pastor's for. That's what the prophets and the, the evangelists and the teachers, that's what those, those fivefold ministry gifts are for, is to help equip you to do that. So don't fall into the trap of the enemy of him saying, man, you're tired after work today. You, 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 you know what, take a day from church. It, it's no big deal. Does he not say that? I mean, that's because God has a plan, and the enemy doesn't want God's plan to come to pass. It says the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. But you give the gates of hell some ground if you don't show up at the church. So we can't fall into that trap that God has a plan and a purpose for you, but for you to fulfill and find out what that purpose is, you're going to have to come to your equipping place. You're going to have to come submit up under the people that God's appointed in your life. I'm telling you, God knows we're here tonight. He knew that every one of us would be here in this place right now here in this message. The Holy Ghost knows every time Pastor Mark steps up in this platform, every time he stands here and go, opens up the Word of God, the Holy Ghost starts moving. He starts speaking things and he knows who's in here. He knows what's going on in your lives. He knows what's, what you need to go to the next level. And that's, what, that's why you've got to trust your pastor. I'm telling you, Pastor, pastor Mark hears from the Holy Ghost. I mean, he spends time in the Word studying, not just so that he can get up here and just get something said. It's not about just getting something said. It's about saying what God has to say that day to equip you for why he puts you in the earth in the first place. Amen? That's what the fivefold ministry gifts are for. And understand, with your purpose, you can't just, it's not something you can just go ask your pastor, what's my purpose? Tell me my purpose. You hear from God for me, and, and you tell me what it is I'm supposed to do. No, that's Old Testament stuff. We don't, we don't have to have a mediator. We don't have to have somebody go in between us and God. We have the Holy Spirit that reveals to us all truth. Understand, the Holy Spirit's part of the Godhead. So if God was in the beginning and he's the Alpha and Omega and he's seen the beginning from the end, the Holy Ghost has been there the whole time. As God was forming you, as God was creating you, as he was handcrafting you to accomplish his purpose in the earth for such a time as this, understand the Holy Ghost was there all along. So he knows your true purpose. He knows the truth of it. And what has Pastor Mark said? 
He said that the Holy Ghost is here, and uh, Jesus said that the, Ho- the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and He's here to lead you and guide you into what? All truth. All truth in the Word of knowing how to live in the earth, but also all truth according to your purpose. The truth of what God has in store for you. The Holy Ghost comes inside of us to, to bear witness with us that we're children of God and to, to illuminate our path. Isn't that what it says in uh, Psalm 119? Uh, I believe it's verse 5. It says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So understand, the Holy Ghost is going to reveal to us the truth from God's word and the truth from, in His word in us personally to accomplish His purpose in this planet. Amen. Turn with me to this next place. Hold on just a minute. Let's look at Ephesians. Chapter 1. I know that we read verse 11, but we're going to jump down here to uh, verse 17. I'm telling you, you want to accomplish God's will. We've, we've established this tonight, but he, here's some things that can help you begin to understand and know what God has in store for your life. Because like I said, it, your, your destiny is way bigger than you could plan it to be. God's got big things in store. So the, the problem is we all want to know, God, lay out the map of our life so we can see everything you want to do for us. Let's see, I want to see, but it says he's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God's not a God that's going to forecast everything out and just throw your whole destiny out there because if he did, I promise you, you would collapse. I'm telling you, if God would have told me when I was 15 years old that I would stand up in front of people and talk, I would have, I would have passed out. I was a little kid that stood in the back of the, the, uh, the youth group and stood in the corner of the wall, didn't talk to nobody. I was, you know, yeah, I was, I'd throw up, what? I was a sickly little guy. <laughs> but God had some plans for me. And as I got a hold of it, I don't want to accomplish my will, I want to accomplish His will. As I began to walk out what I just knew to do, I knew I needed to stay in church. I knew I needed to apply the word that I was hearing. And then uh, as, as I progressed in that and just was faithful to do what I knew to do, God started revealing to me more things. When I turned 18, God said, you need to move to Florida and get connected with Anchor Faith Church. So I did. And I'm telling you, these last seven years have been the best years of my life. And it's only for one reason. And that's because I gave up my will and just said, Lord, I want whatever you have for me. Amen. But Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 17 says, that the, law, the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know the hope of His calling and the inheritance with the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe. So I'm telling you, you can pray this over yourself. Say, Lord, enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Bring light, because remember the word's a light to your path. You can pray, Lord, illuminate to me, Lord, the, the, the hope of your calling. That means the hope of the ex- expectation you can have in the destiny that God's assigned to you. Your calling is your purpose. We each have a calling. We each have a purpose. So we can pray, Lord, reveal to me that purpose that you have for me. Reveal to me the hope and the expectation I can have in doing your will in this earth. We'll pick up here in verse 20. We'll read verse uh, 19. It says, What is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who, who believe? These are in accordance with the working of His strength, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places, 
far above all rule and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one which is to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So understand, God has established this thing long ago. The, the enemy wants to try to make you think that your purpose is not significant. He wants to, you to think that what you have to accomplish in this life is, it, it, you know, is fragile. But understand, as you learn what God's will is, as he reveals to you what his calling is in your life, and you, uh, you get rooted and grounded in doing his will and his will only, you can't be stopped. You can't be moved. And, and no matter what comes against you, uh, understand he's, his plan and his purpose for you is far above all rule, all power, all authority, all... Um, Dominion over every name that is named, not in this age, but also in the future. This thing is established forever. Your destiny is established forever. So this is, this is the message that the world is looking for. They're looking for significance. The whole world, every time you go into Walmart, every time you go into your job, every time you go out and you work in a field, and wherever you're at, the people that are around you that are hurting in life, the people that are around you that you can see, they're not happy about where they're at. This is what they're looking for. They just don't know it. I mean, this gospel of the kingdom brings so much life. I understand your purpose is just a, 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 it fits into the kingdom. There's so much more that we could talk about. There's so much more that, that God has in, in, in store for us as citizens of his kingdom. But we've got to get a hold of this fact that he has a purpose for us. And as we live this purpose and accomplish this, everything we want in life will come to pass. Uh, a lot of times people use the scripture in Psalms that says, you know, and, and I've heard a lot of teenagers say it before when you're trying to talk to them about their destiny and trying to talk to them about God has a purpose for you. But, and they, you know, say, well, I don't want to be a missionary. You know, God, I hope he doesn't call me to be a missionary. <laughs> you can't have that attitude. Whatever God has called you to do is going to give you such fulfillment. They say, well, God knows the desire of my heart. God knows the desire of my heart. You know, that's why I'm, go- that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because this is something I really love. And I wouldn't have this desire if God didn't put it there right. But understand, is it about you going after and trying to pursue the desires of your heart? Or are you going to let God give you the desires of your heart? God has big things in store for us. I mean, we need to be encouraged by this tonight, that our God that laid the foundations of the world, our God that's told the oceans where they could move and where they could stop, our God that made the mountains, our God that laid out all the planets and put all the stars in the sky, the God that knows the hairs on your head, has a specific purpose for you to accomplish here in this planet. Um, this Sunday, I'm going to be talking about uh, I'm going to be talking about first things first, the priorities that we have, and it goes hand in hand with this purpose because you understand without having the correct priorities, it's going to be hard for God to operate His purpose in your life. Because if you're trying to balance you and God and your stuff and God's stuff and your plan and God's plan and trying to weigh this out, I've, I've found the balance doesn't work. If it's not all God and none of me, then then it's then it's not right. So there's going to have to come a time where we have, like it says in Galatians, um, I believe it's Galatians 2.20 says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's the way we have to live. It's that we're not, we don't live for our purpose. We don't live for ourselves. But it's that God, Christ, living in me that's accomplishing his purpose for us. Because this is what the world does. The world pursues their selfish ambitions and their selfish priorities while in the kingdom we should be doing selfless purpose for the Lord. They're living for themselves. They're trying to accomplish their goals and their dreams. But understand, in the end, God's plan is the one that matters. I'm going to uh, quote these four things to you. 
Um, and I don't know if your pastors said these, but Pastor Earl quotes them all the time. Uh, that the greatest things in life, the first greatest thing in life, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it's life without a purpose. See, the greatest tragedy in life is not when somebody dies. The greatest tragedy is when somebody's living and not accomplishing what God has for them. That's a tragedy. Because understand, but one day we're all going to stand before the Lord. And he's not going to say, okay, how much good did you do? How much bad did you do? That's not how it works. We're not going to stand before the Lord and him say, okay, you know, did you succeed? We're, we're, you know, were you successful? Did you make a lot of money? Did you, did you, you, know, did you win a bunch of souls for me? He's not going to ask that question. The only question he's going to ask is, did you accomplish my will in the earth? I mean, we can look at story after story in the New Testament that Jesus told parables when he talked about the parables of the talents. Understand, that wasn't a parable about cash. That, that parable has to do with the master, the one who owned these slaves, granted to them something, these servants. He, he gave them something that was his. And the only slave that got reprimanded was the one who tried to hide and bury what was given to him to accomplish. The master came back and he didn't say, you know, what all's going on? He just said, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you accomplish with what I put in you? And he said, well done to the ones who actually put to work what he gave them, the talents that he gave them, and the only, the only one that got reprimanded was the one who buried it. So far be it from us that, that God's put something in us. He's put gifts and callings in us. He's put abilities. He's put talents in us. He's created us to accomplish something. I don't want to try to bury that and just do my own will. I want to increase what he's given me. I want to do his will with what his purpose is. Four more, what I say? Three more questions. The second greatest thing in life is, um, the greatest challenge in life is knowing what to do. Because understand, isn't that the question that we have? Okay, so what do I do? You say that I have purpose. You say that God's purpose for me is the greatest thing on the face of the planet. Now what do I do? And this is something, like I said, the Holy Ghost is going to reveal this to you. But as you just do what you know, I mean, the Bible's clear. Don't forsake the assembling yourselves together. If we can't get that, why is God going to give us the next step? If we can't be faithful to do that simple thing, even though it just seems elementary and it really seems simple, God's into that stuff. I mean, how many of y'all ever grew up in church and heard the little song that I sang when I was like five years old? It said, read your Bible and pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. You ever heard that one? Okay. When I grew up, they would sing this song, read your Bible and pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. And it seemed like such a small childish thing, but if we can't get that simple truth, how do we expect to get the rest of it? How do we expect to, God to look at us and say, you've been faithful with what I've given you, let me give you more? Isn't that what happened with the parable of the talents? That God said, you were faithful with what I gave you, I'm going to increase to you. I'm going to give you more. The third uh, greatest thing in life is the greatest um, mistake in life is to be busy but not effective. Okay, busyness comes when you don't have the right priorities. That's why you don't want to miss Sunday. Because Sunday we're going to lay it out very clear and very simple of what God's priorities are for us. Because you understand, if God has a purpose, that means he's got priorities. Priority means the principal thing, the most important thing. So if, if we're not trying to accomplish the most important thing to God, then we're not properly doing his will. So we don't want to find ourselves being busy and not effective. Effectiveness only comes, you can only be effective doing God's will. John chapter 15, we'll read this again.
Verse 5, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. So understand, anything you try to do apart from God or apart from his purpose is worthless. That's why your purpose doesn't matter. His purpose is the only thing that matters. With him, nothing's impossible. Does the word not say that? So wouldn't we, on the flip side of that coin, understand that without him, it's worthless. Without him, there's stuff that's impossible. Without him, you're not going to find what you're looking for. The, the fourth greatest thing in life, the greatest mistake in life, the greatest failure in life, the greatest failure in life would be to be successful in the wrong assignment. Because remember that I said, we're going to stand before the Lord and he's just going to ask, did you do what I told you to do? Did you accomplish my purpose? We can uh, you know, accumulate a ton of wealth. We can go and get a billion people saved. We can go you know, preach the word to tribes in Africa. But if God didn't appoint us to do that and that wasn't our destiny and that wasn't what he assigned us to do in this earth, then it was worthless. So we have to constantly be in pursuit of what God has for us. We have to constantly be seeking what is his will for our lives, not just our own will. Don't ask the question anymore, what's my purpose? Ask, Lord, what's your purpose for me? I want his purpose for me. So we don't want to be successful in the wrong thing. Because that's the way the world operates. Let's just be successful in something. God says, you just be successful in one thing. And that's what I've assigned to you to do. Amen. All right, let me close in prayer. We're going to get out of here a little bit early tonight. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for the word that's come forth. I thank you that as we apply the word into our lives, Lord, as we receive and do what you've said to do tonight, Lord, that our lives will never be the same. Lord, that as we, as we continue to spend time with, with the Holy Spirit and spend time in prayer seeking you, Lord, you said that if we seek you, we'll find you. You said that if we knock, the door will be open. You said in James that if we lack wisdom on knowing what to do, that we can ask of you and you'll tell us, Father. So we thank you, Lord, that as we, as we leave this place, we're going to continue to seek you and find what our purpose is in, in your will, what your purpose is for us. And, Lord, I thank you that as, um, Lord, as we go here, from here tonight, I thank you that we can receive the word, that the enemy can't snatch it away, but, Lord, we'll continue to stay in the word and go back over these scriptures to gain understanding, that we would uh, put it to use in our life and we would bear fruit from what we've heard and applied. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to uh, take.